How you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. It was nice to just be like, hey, I got to leave early today. I got something to do. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. The old 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. I would try that excuse on myself. You know, the uh, yeah. I got to go 4 p.m. today, guys, to myself in the mirror. <laughs> but I just immediately get back to work as soon as this concludes. Oh, shit. You'll see that uh, we end up sometimes uh, just letting it go a little bit longer than it probably should after the podcast, you know, just kind of smoking weed uh, figuratively. Just vibing. But, you know, that's me just feeling like the work day is over yeah you know it feels it feels like happy hour at the end of the podcast yeah because exactly. it's thursday right I got, yeah i'm smoking my cigarette in the parking lot waiting for you to get out so we can get some applebee's baby mm-hmm. end of the day on thursday has this magical feeling right yeah i'm like continually repeatedly impressed by how i trick myself every week during this podcast to feeling the way i felt when I was, you know, a socializing 20-year-old on a Thursday, hanging out after work with friends. Because then immediately, as soon as we all hang up the call, you know, I see Adobe Premiere over there. And I'm just like, all right, this, mm. I guess I got I I to gotta do this. I got to keep looking I, at this I'll, thing. I'll do this for a little it's, it's bit. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll just maybe, maybe give it another 20 minutes. And then it's like... <laughs> four hours. Yeah, four hours later. And it's like, I'm eating dinner at 10 p.m. or whatever. And it's like, man. <laughs> so anyway, that's, a, I, I think, a perfect encapsulation of the... The atmosphere we hope to impress upon this show, which is just... I love it. it you know, kind of a video game uh, uh, chill time. Yeah, happy hour. Don't cause trouble. I'll tell Dompe. This is episode 246 of Insert Credit, a relentless gauntlet of video game topics where our panel of experts must address each question presented to them in no less than six minutes each, or I will have no choice but to sound a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite subway line is the good old reliable number four up and down the east side of Manhattan. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers. My favorite subway line, I've got to go with the, the original that sweet mango shade of color uh, on its uh, particular graphic design implements the old Ginza line, Tokyo, Japan. Beautiful subway. I'll allow it. How it emerges from uh, from the tunnels. Uh, you enter it in Asakusa. It's less than one story underground. It's just always beautiful, air-conditioned, wonderful lighting, wonderful seat colors, good color palette, good graphic design. When it emerges from the subterrane of Omote Sando onto the, the the elevated tracks leading into Shibuya Station, and you uh, mm. you just witness the whole world. Wow, that's a that's a beautiful subway. That final moment, the the grand finale of the Ginza line is, boom! It just emerges from underground, and suddenly you're looking down at the busiest metropolitan district on earth. Pretty neat. Beautiful. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I have to say I'm probably going in a similar direction. Uh, I'm just going to go with the Chuo line because it gets me to Nakano Broadway, gets you to Koenji, gets you west. Oh, interesting. Um, a lot of options. You have a you have a West Coaster's idea of what a subway is. Uh, just saying. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I know it's not entirely... It does go under a bit, doesn't it? Like, I don't want to get into why I know all the exact math on this, but it's underground for about 12% of its its run. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's... So, um, I trust that number. Uh, I mean, I realized going into it that it's more of a train than a subway. People will use them interchangeably. You call them corner stores, we call them bodegas, uh, we call mm -hmm. it the subway, you call it a... You, we call it a train, you call it a subway, I don't know. <laughs> Even if it's not a subway, I'll, it's a good train line, I'll say that. Beautiful and, train, um, beautiful train. Went through my all my favorite neighborhoods. I lived yes. on that line. Goes through all the good neighborhoods and also has um, several options for uh, for the speed. I like the, the modern OG line as a subway. If you're, uh, yeah, it's fun if to you're say. dead set on the Chuo line and you had to, if, if, if the cops showed up in here and required oh. you to pick a, a, an underground train, you could say Mononochi because it uh, yeah. shares a good length of its run. It has a... Uh, I got a Pasmo rather than a Suica, so you mm. know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with a Subway. Oh, yeah, so you know you're you know you're a subway buddy. I want one of those Rodney Greenblatt Pasmos. Oh, I, I oh, still man, have yeah. my, I have like a few Pasmos from my trips that I, that I lovingly hold on to. Oh. I don't think our audience knows who that voice oh, is. Yeah. We've got introduced Nobody them. knows who you are. Oh no! Who is that? Joining us this week as our replacement Frank is video and podcast producer for the likes of Kotaku and Fanbyte, host of the optional podcast and New York fashion icon, Paul Tamayo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. I'm Paul Tamayo, and my favorite subway line has got to be the good old J train here in New York. It goes from Brooklyn across the Williamsburg Bridge into the city. Uh, it's wonderful. And it, I always like trains that have a nice scenic view. Sometimes you need that on your way back from work to, you know, it's, it's a little healing. And uh, also, if you, you know, are waiting for a transfer to like the Z or the M or something at, at Marcy, you're like above ground and the bridge is in view. It's it's just a good train. I love that train. I really love the seven, the one that takes. I like the J. Seven's good. Yeah, you Jay's already great, had yeah. your turn. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I did. Um, but you just you just reminded me. Anyway, I honestly don't like any of the subways that I've ever lived on in New York. But maybe that's. I mean, there's there's something deeply wrong with. I used to live on the in Sunset Park, and I used to ride the D to oh. work every day. Do not like the D. Yeah. Don't like that one. Don't like it. Um, Long trip. But uh, the Q, the Q's a good line. Q's good. Q's good. Isn't that the uh, the the one like objectively good train line? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, in New York, the rest of them you gotta kind of you, you got you gotta put on your connoisseur's hat to yeah. enjoy. <laughs> you'll you'll notice that I did not uh, mention a Bart line as my favorite. So. Uh, oh, you don't like no Pittsburgh Bay Point? I can relate. I mean, if I had to choose one, that would be it. But um, actually, I do like I like riding the train down to the airport because. You, mm. Like going through Daily City and looking at all the coffin style identical houses is kind of fun. You get to feel like you're going somewhere, but Bart's okay. But it's it's good. It's a lot better when they uh, when they changed up the upholstery. Yes, Bart's fine, but Homer really took over the show in the second season. Oh, good joke. Thanks. Here's my first topic, or rather, your first topic, Tim Rogers, in that you won last week's episode. Oh, it's for me. So this is your opportunity to. Give us a topic to kick off this. Can I joke. can I elect to bank up uh, my victories until I have ten, and then I get to host a whole show? I like that idea a lot, Tim. You have one banked topic. Wait, no, he's got two because um, I took his last time. That is oh, true. Oh, that's true. Okay, Tim, you've got two banked topics. You are one fifth of the way to your own episode. <laughs> All right, let's do Here's it. Here's your first question: Which real world racing event 
has the most interesting game mechanics. Like my my brain is is so uh, diseased by the '90s that I was trying to make some sort of true story. Like when people stop being polite, people start getting stop being polite and start getting real. I really wanted to make a real world world joke. It's just. I'm not going to do it. That's a strange impulse, Jerry. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's just a bit of a, bit of a weird. Uh, no, it makes me feel unfortunate. That's. <laughs> I, li- I like that energy. Though. Sounds like a you problem. It is. Some would say that talking about not making a joke is worse than making the joke. Yeah, I just wanted to share my misery with everybody so that everybody would have to feel that way. Thank you. Now you all get to enjoy it. Uh, so, what was the question again? <laughs> Thank you. Which real life racing event has the most interesting game mechanics? Mm. So we're talking about like oh, man. skeet shooting or whatever on the skis and stuff. I mean, I don't like that. We've we've talked about how that's goofy, but I sort of thought it was going to go the direction of like, it, is F1 more fun to make video games about than NASCAR? Yes. But why? No, that's, not, that's not the question. It kind of is. I mean, NASCAR is pretty good, man. NASCAR is great. I've actually just been getting into NASCAR, Tim. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm oh, like, heck yeah. I've been fully diving into the world of motorsports, uh, like just head first. Uh, I'm watching IndyCar, NASCAR. F1 has a lot more going on, different tracks. But there's like a, a real cool, intricate like dance with NASCAR that happens at like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like wild. The NASCAR is one of the sporting events that it's like cool, even for people who like, you know, define their whole identity around liking sports. It's like cool for them to to hate nascar you know right. like to joke about how it's all about just turning left for two hours or whatever but there is there is so much going on in nascar like when you're talking game mechanics mm. when you're talking team tactics team like oh yeah all, all the team tactics stuff is in in nascar it's just it's horrible uh how important qualifying is in in mm-hmm. races like even versus f1 where it's like it's pretty important f1 you're guaranteed to run a race right that's like true. we're not guaranteed to yeah. run it, but it's like you know you're gonna run the race. We're na- like uh, NASCAR is like who the heck knows ninety percent of the time. There's this really good YouTube video, Brandon. If you want to watch something about NASCAR, that's about like the best, uh, like the history of revenge in NASCAR. Uh-huh. It's a very oh. good video. I'd recommend that video to anybody. I don't want to make fun of an entire sport, of course, but uh, the challenge for me don't. with with, Na- with NASCAR is. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to see Confederate flags, you know what I mean? Like uh Yeah, that's real. And and there's just there's just it really um sours me to the whole experience, the likelihood that I'm going to see Confederate yeah. flags. Yeah, that's real. Um it just makes me f- feel weird about the whole deal. We've talked about, oh, we should go watch like a race sometime, but that that is something that's like on my mind of like do I want to be near that kind of stuff, you know? Like yeah. I, I, I'm chill watching it here, you know. Yeah, but I don't know. But I'm, I'd also be potentially open to the experience. I mean, if you are going to go to a NASCAR race, you might as well just go to the Daytona 500. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm thinking about. You might as well go to one in Florida. Yeah, I mean, just go to Florida if you're gonna. I mean, if you've got to, right? My partner's got family in Florida, so we could we could make that work. Yeah, I wanna. I, I've been thinking of going to the the Daytona 500 the past couple of years, and then you know, the, there's been a coronavirus and whatever. So in terms of interesting mechanics, like I feel like uh, a lot of those rally sports are are certainly interesting because you've got all kinds of different terrain. Uh, you got someone who's telling you what the turns are, but the co-driver, yeah, the yeah. co-driver is, is wild. <laughs> the uh, the the walkthrough you do before the race, and you get the mm-hmm. pace notes. Yeah, love yeah. pace notes. Pace notes is a heck of a concept to have a guy yeah. just sitting there be like uh, telling you. Uh, 
in the tersest manner possible which gear to get into and how yeah. sharp the what, what degree yeah. the turn is and he's and, looking at like symbols and arrows and shapes it's like it's so cool and just the massive terrain variance in like hills and banking corners and you got to drift around this one and like it's it's a whole different type of race than um, mm-hmm. than one that's on a dedicated track and the the track gets worse over time and depending on how far back you are the worse the track is and that's weird yeah yeah i mean i, mean, I think i think those rally races are pretty legit uh, also trophy truck races are cool where oh you've got God. just giant trucks just plowing sure. through just millions of pounds of soft dirt i mm-hmm. think those are really legit weird like the baja thousand mile race oh, man. right yeah it's a shame i feel like formula e is like onto something when it comes to like their you know the on track uh stuff like they have these little zones where the cars can choose to go through them and get like a boost for like a like several minutes um like attack mode in an f1 car or something that they have to like recharge the or whatever DRS. yeah oh well can i just conclude that i think i think nascar is cool they did that recent race man did you see the uh the the la coliseum race that they did yeah it was so goofy yeah, that's that's so awesome. And I mean, one of my favorite T-shirts to wear is my 1995 Have a Tampa Shootout, uh, Woodstock, Georgia, uh, the Dixie Speedway oh, shirt. Nice. Speaking of Confederate flags, uh, there's no Confederate flag on the shirt, okay? Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there were some at the event. Uh, I, I, I might be mistaken, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's it's a dirt track race where it's, they did shootouts, where it's one-on-one races, right? It's like a dirt a dirt track NASCAR. Uh, the fact that NASCAR has all of those uh, those different uh, game designs baked into it, the whole dirt track thing, yeah. like the dirt track one on one, you do a one on one short race of about ten laps, and then you, uh, uh, whoever wins that one, moves into the next round, and you do it like a fighting game tournament. Oh, I man. think dirt track stock car is my favorite game design. Uh, dirt track stock car shootout, I think, has it all. Final answer from me. I don't know about anybody else. Thank you. Probably rally, rally, or um bicycle races where you have to choose when to pee that's an interesting mechanic when and how oh yeah i like that i ran a marathon i just peed my pants yeah i mean it seems that's, to be what that's they do. fair i bet a lot of people do that yeah it's it's just what you do man anybody at the tour de france who thinks they gotta get off the bike to go that's a loser mentality no offense yeah but you still have to choose when to do it oh yeah i mean sure i have heard there's a place in france where the bikers piss their pants here's our second question what are the best implementations of alien technology in video games? Like Alienware PCs. That's where Chris Craft works now. They look like they came out of a god darn spaceship. You see these things? I'm just kidding. They don't look at. They don't look nearly as uh, as crazy as this ridiculous computer of my own that I'm looking at right now that I built myself. Yeah, alien technologies. Uh, it's a good question. I like when people do stuff that I'm not expecting. So it's not just HR Giger or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, they're using plants or some weird Hilux 2, I remember the name this time, hand gesture nonsense and weird stuff, but uh, I'm I'm hard-pressed to find the good example that I really like, um, Alien Technologies. Yeah, I guess an early one for me. Oh, I was going to say maybe not the Needler in Halo, I would say. I was going to say the yeah. Needler. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe it is. I mean, maybe it's, it, it is a cool implementation. It's not a, not a great gun. But no, hilarious. But yeah, it's just weird. Like the idea that it's just shooting little shards of glass kind of that, you know, tracks you down and then explodes. And that there's this alien culture that evolved to just believe that that's uh, 
that's the kind of weapon you want to take into a fight against that's uh, the gun you're gonna take yeah that's like the, their whole uh civilization uh, uh climaxed in the invention of weapons like that <laughs> pretty interesting right yeah i guess there's some world building to it. those little guys carried around mm -hmm. a true grunt weapon uh uh technology there certainly just pokes away at you yeah i like that yeah i don't, I don't know there's some like weird ships that you fuse into your body i can't remember what man i can think of things but i'm confusing yeah. uh i'm confusing movies and video games here is what's happening i'm trying to think of what i liked in uh outer wilds there's got to be some examples in that game i like the ufos that you just blast a million of in uh the earth defense force games yeah you're just firing a bazooka at some old timey looking you know schlock movie ufos that's a good one yeah. Can't beat a schlock movie UFO, right? That's just a decent piece of technology. How'd they invent those flying saucers? What alien uh, planet is settling on a, a design like that? You can't tell, uh, can't make a top-down video game about them, right? Mm. True. Can't make a top-down scrolling shooter out of, a, out of a flying saucer. I challenge anybody to try to do that. <laughs> I don't think you can. I'm surprised you haven't brought up the gun from another world. Oh, that gun's cool, because it does uh, three different things. It fires, it fires a charged shot, and it, uh, and it also uh, creates a barrier. Mm -hmm. Not a bad weapon. I got one that I like, which is uh, in, in Ramble Planet. You have the same consciousness all the time, but you can get different bodies. It's something that you can kind of, like, swap out, and it doesn't really do anything, except it does change how people talk to you. I think that's kind of neat and it's it's particularly a technology that's in the game where you you just like swap bodies sometimes or or and especially if you die then you start out as a as a different body but you are still the same person i like that that's cool honestly the only thing that came to mind was that needler it was just it's just a weird weird little gun that makes no sense in my in my brain the needler is good i mean the, all of the covenant technologies are pretty good yeah yeah i like that they have a sword yeah, not just from a world building standpoint, but you know, there's there's world building yeah. to their technologies, but there's also there's mechanical utility. Their their vehicles, their ghosts, and their rates or whatever. You mm. get the cool weird hover bike with the million. Uh, you fire a million laser blasts out of it. Like uh, I feel like the the Covenant's technology in general in Halo is. I mean, it's it's very very intelligently positioned in direct contrast to the the humans. Master Chief's got his. Call of Duty style, like uh, the future realistic uh, American military uh, weapons. Yeah, it's all steel and metal. Yeah, everything looks like you would imagine a weapon would look uh, in the in the twenty whatever century. And then the Covenant's got this this alien stuff that functions very differently game mechanically. I mean, it's it's meaningful, mm -hmm. and it is uh, it's it's implemented as uh, otheristic for like a meaningful reason uh, in terms of the gameplay. Did you watch that uh, Paramount Plus show? No, I need to though. Oh, Tim, I need you to watch that. I'm gonna watch it. Like, there's a oh, we have this great idea <laughs> it's to do a podcast that's just about video game related media. Oh. Just watching every video game movie, every video game TV show. Do it. So I have to watch the Halo show for that. Tim, did you see that I that I realized that there were two One Chambara movies? Oh yeah, yeah. I'd watch both of those. I found that out by buying one of them and then looking it up and realizing it was the second one. I bought it because I was like, lol, look at this. And then 
Then I realized it was the second one. And then I realized I already knew that a long time ago and forgot. So, <laughs> Were they both directed by Takashi Miike within the same two-month period? That's a joke. Oh, man. They'd be a lot better if they were directed by. Uh, I mean, uh, would would they would they be that much better though? Yeah. I mean, you want to do the first episode next week? There's no guarantee. No, I I can't. No, I'm, no, maybe we, not we next week. Uh, All right. <laughs> maybe we'll talk after episode two fifty. Oh, and I also oh. just wanted to say that this is episode two hundred forty six, and yes, um, one of the best race tracks in a video game. Couldn't fit this in. The first question is Tokyo Highway Route two forty six from Gran Turismo four. That's the right answer. Speaking of driving, could you design a game about New York City that doesn't involve driving? Shoot. Sure, I could. I don't know nothing about New York City, so I I, I could uh, do it like um, 1980s NES Japan style where, you know, they're, they're like, all right, we got this Batman game. Let's give him a gun. Uh, let's have him just murder all these clowns because there's clowns in it probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd just make it. Uh, it stars as uh, you're a big apple. Uh, yes. you're rolling, you're, oh. you're rolling around, you're knocking down the buildings, uh, you fight King Kong, you, uh, roll into his, into his ball area, knocks him right down. I, I don't know. I, I could think about all kinds of things. And you pick up car. trash on the street and your ball gets bigger until That's you're, right. fine. okay. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're on to something. Uh, okay. Here's, here's one. Stray is popular right now. Yeah. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just have a rat? Oh. <laughs> Skittering around yeah, on the subway. Stray rat. Um, <laughs> could call it gray instead of yeah. stray nice because that's 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 generally like okay so this like no one actually like i was, I was watching the news the other day and uh, apparently they don't they don't they don't know for sure if the rats in new york are actually gray no one's ever seen one they they could be white rats that are just covered in dust that's my joke i you know what i guarantee you if you take any new york subway rat home and you turn the the kitchen sink on get like a good medium heat and you've got a good water pressure on your sprayer, and you give him about five minutes, he's going to be as cute as any cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you. And it's going to be just a precious little, they're just sweet little creatures. Now, they are feral, mm. and uh, they are full of just kind of jam-packed with the uh, vitamins, minerals, and diseases, uh, <laughs> and what from having consumed a lot of trash. We, we actually share a New York City story now, Tim, where- uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, Welcome. or a year ago, I, I stepped on a rat on my way home from the, the pharmacy. Oh, no. So, Welcome to the club of those who those who have trod upon rodents. I can't wait to get my smoking jacket in the mail. Vermin, vermin treaders. That's our club. <laughs> the answer, though, the correct answer is you absolutely could design a game about New York City without driving because if you actually live in New York, you know that driving is the worst way to get around. Right. Yeah, it's it's awful. The right answer would be designing a game that Either if it's an open world game, like, I don't know, a stray or even a Spider-Man, focus on the inter, like the ways the communities sort of connect and the ways they sort of fade into each other, but also being able to explore all those different worlds within 10, 15 minutes from each other is like what makes New York so cool. So having a car would be the worst way to experience that because then you're spending mm -hmm. two hours looking for parking. I'd make a pigeon game. Oh, just doot dooting around with your with your little head bobble, and then you you uh, fly over and poop on a statue and poop on some cars. You know what? That's a good idea. Having experienced a a, a fair deal of New York at this point, I I think uh, I think the rats are way more interesting mechanics wise than the pigeons could possibly be. Mm. I've flown Why around in enough video games. Uh, you know, I played Spider Man, which is about. Okay where you can fly around New York, basically. I don't see those those webs attaching to anything, first of yeah, all. Yeah, you want to be on the ground. 
And with the rat, you could get into the subway system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see why a rat might be more interesting than a pigeon in this case. Maybe you could uh, switch between the two sometimes. You, you're flying sometimes. You're... I like that. Like Assassin's Creed, your pigeon just like constantly is around you, giving you the drone view of the 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 vault that you're about to st- steal from inside of mm-hmm. Upper East Side Suite. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's like uh, GTA Five that you can swap between the rat and the pigeon whenever you like. And we'll throw a third guy in. What's the third thing? So, uh, uh, cockroach is the mm. only other thing they got. Oh yeah, too close to the rat. Look, I'm just going to say again, having spent a decent percentage of my life in in both Tokyo and in uh, New York, is uh, New York's cockroaches ain't got god darn nothing on Tokyo's. Oh, I would leave them out of the conversation. I didn't put in a stray dog. You can't do a stray cat anymore. Sure, somebody already did it. Uh, and nobody in the video game industry repeats ideas. There was that stray dog video game that got announced before the stray cat video game and i don't know what happened to it oh you mean home free by my by my good friend uh, kevin cancian uh, was it home free is that the one i'm thinking of i'm gonna take a look that, that, i mean i don't know is that it that, that's a stray dog video game about a stray dog lost in a city uh, procedurally generated city inspired by tokyo uh yeah that's the one i think it's the one did it did it uh did that come out no it actually yeah, uh, recently got uh got canceled well, you can still do a dog then. His loss is the Grays game. I think there's a lot of games you could make about New York that don't involve driving, and I think you could make a good one about uh, driving a subway car uh, would be a good game. I would play that. Yeah, or grinding from subway line to subway line. Multi-track drift. I mean, driving in New York in video games, uh, a, a brief history. In Grand Theft Auto 4, they, it's, it's pretty fun because it's not real New York. And uh, in A True Crime... Streets of New York, it's very miserable to drive in New York. <laughs> not not exactly as miserable as it is in real life, though it's pretty miserable. And in The Godfather, the video game, pretty hilarious in The Godfather, the video game, because it's old-timey New York, so oh, yeah. good deal going on in that game. Um, so it's, it's a quite a vacant uh, New York. You get to experience the... Uh, uh, New York the way the billionaires do or, or whatever. Um, I also think if you're going to make a game about New York, you know, you could make one that involves uh, uh, is riding a bike the same as, as driving. I don't think so. I think you make a game about those, the, a bike messenger, crazy Uber Eats driver by, by Sega. Oh my God. Courier crisis too. My, my, my electric <laughs> bike was impounded after I uh, turned a civilian into sawdust uh, <laughs> by riding on the sidewalk. Um, and, uh, they told me I can't use my electric bike, so I got to use the old pedal monster and you're using the triggers to pedal or the scooter or the electric scooters. Now those zip in and out of the, out of like traffic where I'm, I'm just like, wow, you guys are just going to live forever. Huh? I mean, I, I, I empathize with the, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I know their job is pretty bad and the pay is not that great, but, uh, number one, I tip a hundred percent and number two, man. One of those guys almost killed my dog. Oh my god! A couple weeks ago, and that's uh, that that definitely gremlinified me. Like like just blasting down the sidewalk, easily forty miles per hour on one of those electric bikes, and it just was not looking. And I didn't see the oh guy. God. You know, because you, you, do you expect to see a guy like that come forty miles an hour under the eaves of your building as you are stepping out to walk your dog? No. Yeah. That puts me, uh, that just transplants my brain exactly into nightmare territory, uh, yeah. basically forever. Uh, but anyway, anyway, All um, right. I think being a bike messenger, maybe set it in the eighties or the nineties. Courier crisis too. And then put some kind of plot in there. 
because you're not driving. You get to go down alleyways. You get to, uh, you know, get off the, I don't know. That Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Exactly. <laughs> Rush? What was it? Uh, uh, premium Rush, I think. Premium Rush. Oh, that's a good rush. That's a good rush. It's better than San Francisco Rush. Could you design a game about San Francisco that's not about driving? Because I never saw it. San Francisco Rush. Uh, driver San Francisco. Mm. That's the end of my joke. I don't. I think there's other San Francisco games. Crazy Taxi San Francisco. Sonic Adventure 2 has a San Francisco inspired level. Doesn't count. Driving in it, though. You know, we're deep into this. So what would be the best city to drive around in a game? In a video game? Yeah. Probably one of those Midwestern ones. I mean, not not really. I mean, they're not that fun. I've, I mean, I used to rip around Indianapolis. Like they're not that fun, but you could do it is the main thing. Indianapolis would be a heck of a place to own a nice car because that it's got like one highway that encircles the city and it takes about an hour to drive around the whole thing. And it's just, uh, it's chill as heck. I guess I might suggest a... Uh... Shanghai, you got a bunch of streets. A lot of them are pretty wide, mm -hmm. uh, but then you also got those ring roads that uh, you can do all kinds of, um, you know, versus nonsense on mm. ag against other people. Um, and then there's a lot of alleyways if you want to do some, uh, like some bike or um, moped or whatever kind of stuff zipping around. They they got all the all the environments there for or this all the city. They they built a huge amount of that city in like 2009 as well. So it's a whole bunch of these like yeah. fancy, enormous, wild superhighways. Now, I have a very uh, fond experience of spending a summer in Shanghai and riding around it on one of those electric bikes that uh, yeah. now are, are threatening the life of my <laughs> dear pet. Uh, <laughs> Your child. So it's like like one of those like blazing fast electric bikes. And that was such a cool feeling. And I was like, is it the bike? that is making this cool or is it shanghai Ooh. and later when i rode a bird scooter around uh the west side of los angeles this bird the scourge of los angeles <laughs> i realized it definitely was shanghai shanghai is definitely way cooler to just get on an, an extremely lightweight vehicle and blast around in yeah yeah they got all that blade runner decor like just lights underneath the freeway uh or the, oh yeah uh, subway over not subway um train overpass they were gamer gamer rgb back in like 2009 yeah yeah oh, sure. they were just basting that place in weird <laughs> multicolored lighting they got that bottle opener building phillips hue bulbs everywhere Big like megawatt government mandated. Hell yeah, vibes. You know, you know, in, industrial grade of Philips Hue vibes, just coating the city, just turkey basting that entire yeah. city in like weird a light coast. Boston Market. Oh, Paul, did you play Hitman Three? Oh, I love Hitman Three. That that Shanghai level, dude. Oh, right. Yeah, I just walked around. I was just vibing. I I, I was like, yeah. do I have to do this? Can I just like. Can I just go get some noodles and just chill by by the by the river? This is kind of nice. Just want to look at that train. The bun. I spent like three hours calibrating my RTX settings to get maximum frames Ooh, on that nice. level, and it, that was time extremely well spent. Absolutely. I'm gonna benchmark uh, all future PC builds, which let's face it, I don't have too many of those left in my life. Uh, let's get a little grim for a second. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna benchmark all future PC builds around that uh, that level until they make another one that. I like more. It's just a good looking level to uh, to look at. Ah, um, but yeah, Shanghai is good. I just considered the idea of riding a scooter around New York, like 
going to the doctor on a scooter, going to the dentist on a scooter. My girlfriend will ride those city bikes, electric city bikes around, mm. and she says it's fun. But how fun is it? Would it be as fun as Shanghai? Mm. I don't know. I'm just hooked on this electric scooter idea. It was so weird getting on that electric scooter in Sh or in Shanghai back in 2009. My friend was like, you can borrow one of these because he had like eight of them. You know, everybody knows a guy in Shanghai who has eight electric scooters in 2009. Sure. And he's like, uh, he's like, you want to borrow one of these? I was like, yeah, uh, it's like a scooter. And he's like, yeah, it's electric. You just turn this and it goes. Just be careful for the first couple minutes. And I get on it and it was the absolute real life equivalent of when you're playing like spider-man on ps4 and you start web swinging the first time you're like you wahoo you know i'm <laughs> yeah, making yeah, yeah. real life like like uh christopher nolan's batman begins mario noises you know <laughs> like the like the the real life version of them uh just like and i was riding on that thing and i was blazing down alleys went through the old town the french quarter rode over Ooh. to the bund after like it was so crazy after like two hours i i just felt like i knew everything about that city i knew where everything was love that felt cool as heck that's the best part so my answer is going to be amsterdam because uh, oh yeah they actually have good like public infrastructure and like trams that work well and people who drive cars only have cars because they want to drive cars um not because they have to drive cars so um the driving is kind of chill and and mellow and i like those drives i like late night kind of you know 3 a.m on the highway kind of drives when like no one's around um not just to you know do daredevil shit but to just you know just chill just like meditate for a little bit and, and do something fun with my hands and my feet if you're gonna do amsterdam though i want to rip around the canals in a in a cigarette boat uh, oh. is what i want to do um hell yeah that's fun for everyone over there yeah. Not driving, but fun. And I would suggest probably the most fun I've had driving an automobile in a city is uh, Los Angeles, because I like, I like that 10 freeway. Oh, man, the 10. Looping and zooping around. Yeah, there's some really nice driving in LA. Uncle Larry's wild ride, as I like to call it. There's a lot of fun stuff over there, if all the other cars are gone. <laughs> in mm -hmm. LA rules for driving at night. Yeah, exactly. Now, for, for driving at night, if it's nighttime in Los Angeles, you can blaze, dude. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. is so chill. Riding around at 3 a.m. It feels good to do. Like, all the curves on the freeway are like, yeah. It just yeah. makes, yeah. it's like... It's almost a it's game hot as heck, to dude. make you feel <laughs> like you're a really good driver who can do anything. Because you're just like, yeah, I sure am rounding this turn right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, look at that cornering. Mm -hmm, it's you nice. get in some of those those freeways where you're like down in like a slot between like two other roads. I mean, like yeah. you get like a, all of the off ramps uh, downtown. Yeah, they just go off to the side for a while. They, they go off to the side. They go up and around. You can like, you're walking around like the Weston Bonaventure Hotel and you're like looking out at all these land stalkerish, dark savior like uh, uh, weird polygonal level design geometries yeah. just attacking yeah. you from all directions. It's like, man, it rules. LA's got some, some wild roads. For sure. But it's also a parking lot. Uh, yeah. Like, like yep. eighty percent, ninety percent of the day. We're a video game in here, so we're we're not going to have that stuff going on. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have blue skies, but also yeah, uh, nighttime Los Angeles traffic levels, that's mm. legit. Yeah. But uh, it but uh, you know, you're going to get yelled at by uh, a bunch of bearded YouTubers for breaking immersion because <laughs> they're going to say it's not immersive. Not the bearded YouTubers. <laughs> Those yeah. goddamn guys.
They're going to be like, as I found out when I moved into my creator house in Los Angeles two weeks ago, this is the way that this city runs forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's all have a shave and take a quick break. We'll be right back on Insert Credit. I'm going to go donate some water to my toilet. I'll be right back. Uh, the city thanks you for your contribution. Welcome back, everybody, to the Insert Credit program. It's time for us to go to the dirt bag. Every single week, I select one of the many questions submitted to us through the form at patreon.com slash insert credit, where for just dollars a month, you can submit as many questions as your heart desires through that form, though only pick one of them per week usually. And uh, you'll also get some bonus episodes every month. Usually one bonus episode. Sometimes we prepare. Sometimes more. Sometimes more. You never know what kind of value awaits you. Patreon.com slash insert credit until you subscribe. It's the only way to find out for sure. This week's question comes from Spencer, who asks, why did so many companies throw their hat in the console ring in the fifth generation first now, of all before you ask me what the fifth generation is oh yeah okay, okay. that was the era of the 3do mm-hmm. the atari jaguar the sega saturn the fm towns marty the amiga cd32 the uh apple bandai plippin the Pippin. palladia yeah <laughs> plippin. Let's, we're gonna call it the plippin <laughs> the plippin the casio <laughs> loopy i like the loopy um i know the answer yeah go for it the video games were ha- first of all i want to say something quick to spencer uh spencer Thank you. And I appreciate your gifts. I like your I like your store. <laughs> I'm glad you're for hire. That's a TV reference. I first learned several dirty words uh, in your store. Thank you. Hopefully we get a we get a question from Suncoast uh, next week. Oh yeah, big fan. Or Tower. <laughs> Suncoast. Uh, now Tower, I don't I'm not I'm not the big fan. I I'm I'm a bigger fan of Suncoast. Sun uh, that red, that sign that just invited you in. That weird neon sign, yeah. You wanted to smell carpet fumes for like 20 minutes real quick. There was never anything good at Suncoast. That was good stuff. But anyway, consoles. Consoles. So here's here's what my answer is to that question. So for a bunch of them, you know, they were already making stuff and that's just how it was. But I think the other thing, the main thing is the advent of the compact disc uh, gave uh-huh. everyone the idea that, okay, storage is increasing. Uh, making CDs is like going to get cheaper. Well, it was already pretty cheap for the big for the big boys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the cost was was pennies on the dollar versus making a a ROM cartridge. And computers were getting good enough that someone like 3DO could be like, you know, we could do something modular that we could then license to everybody. And and like, I think it was the CD because that's the common factor between almost all the weird ones: the CDI, the Playdia, the PCFX, just all these things were like the CD is here, and so we can we can try yeah, it's it. all it's all the CD, and the CD also the CD lowered costs, uh, uh, and also it allowed for profoundly more detailed games with with better audio and full yeah. motion video, so it was easier to get to generalized entertainment industry industrial professionals uh, kind of on board with uh, investing or considering. The idea of video games. Video games were already pretty hot. Uh, games like Mortal Kombat had pried the door open. I think that was part of it is like the NES was popular, but then the Genesis and Super Nintendo were like cultural phenomenon level popular. Yes, yeah, NES and Genesis were the big ones. So so you just saw business was more interested Production costs, manufacturing costs were lower. They were much more invested in the idea of researching and developing, making hardware. And what also happened was the Super Nintendo era to 
I'm just calling it the Super Nintendo era. Is it the fourth generation? From Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis to uh, PlayStation, Saturn, there was like kind of a crowbarring open of not not exactly a democratization, but something resembling like the indie game boom. Like like the the first version of it happened around then where there were just so many more people being like, yeah, I'll try to make a video game. You got like Naughty Dog made Way of the Warrior for 3DO, right? Yeah. Like they made it in their, in their garage, which is just completely bonkers. Yeah, and every country was like, well, we kind of got a little bit of electronic stuff. Maybe we we could try it. So you get your CD32 because the Amiga already existed. And then you get Philips, who is a, a Dutch electronics giant, who's like, yeah, well, maybe we'll make one. But with the CD, there were a lot of different ideas about what it could become, similar to like early days before DVD and whatever. People were figuring out what they could do with it. And so Philips was like, we could, VCD didn't exist yet. So they were like, we'll do this. We'll, we'll, make, we'll put movies on CDs and it'll be a full entertainment center everywhere. And then it turned out people didn't want that as much as, and the, the game thing worked out a little better for them, even though it didn't work out that well either. There, there were just multiple vectors to try and, uh, and the whole multimedia thing was realized in the ps2 era with just like let's put a dvd in it exactly yeah they were trying it that far back and they were trying it they were trying pretty hard it was a tasty proposition there were many different angles and vectors however there was a right way to do it and only one person did it the right way ken kudaragi <laughs> yeah it was it was big old k-man he's got a four kanji <laughs> last name Take the k-man yeah that's pretty it's pretty hard. He's got a four kanji last name. Uh, that's the kind of guy you want in ch- in charge of uh, mm-hmm. of of uh, of actually bringing this thing forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kudaragi did it right from every single angle. Yep. And uh, it was not a the money is lying there on the ground. Are you man enough to pick it up? Scenario. It was not that. It no. was you needed a lot of the money, and only only one guy was able to directly convince a lot of money to play nice whereas you know you get the idea with panasonic and and whatever that it was it was like a pet project yeah not really i mean you know a a billion dollar company's pet project is it was a bit more of a dabble than a uh, serious push i guess yeah whereas kudaragi as a i mean he was an engineer he was a businessman and most importantly he was a weirdo right so Mm -hmm. he was able to get uh, the company that he had sworn his life to to uh, just absolutely go whole hog and not treat it like a pet project, or at least you know a precious pet. Yeah, and where would we be without it? Like, it's interesting to think about a world in which the PlayStation didn't exist, and you just had the Saturn and the N sixty four, which are mm. way further apart from each other. I love the Saturn. Saturn's great. I love the Nintendo sixty four, uh, but video yeah. games would be dead. If it weren't for the PlayStation, <laughs> yeah. like, no joke. Mario 64, nice game. Zelda, oh, great game. Poindexter. Uh, it's more <laughs> about, uh, you know what I mean? I'm a Poindexter, okay? I'm a, I'm quite a Poindexterous individual. Uh, but but I'm like, Zelda, the Citizen Kane of video games? No, Jack. That would have just been your uh, something your, your your aunt like grinned at and said, oh, what's you playing a video game there? Like that's that's how how games would have died as a, mm. a, a condescending smile from uh, not even your mom, from your mom's sister or your dad's sister. As opposed to like the most profitable medium that exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the video games died once, Jerry, right? Yeah, they L- could let's, die again. let's not forget. They perished like heck. That's my next question. 
Was Parappa the Rapper good, or do we just remember it because it's got a rapping dog? It's got good songs, and it looks good. Music is straight legit. Yeah. The button presses are not fantastic. It's too difficult. Um, the PSP version is a little better. The PS4 version is a little better still. Yeah. What is, what is our criteria for good? Because for me, like three out of four things about it are good, and uh, one thing is, is not as good. I think it's okay. I can forgive a lot of little issues, inconsistencies, weirdnesses, wrongnesses, uh, cases of game designers just uh, not possessing uh, the, the foreknowledge of game design being, you know, in a way uh, an invention that is continually polished. I can forgive a lot of that in video games, but one thing I cannot forgive about Parappa the Rapper is the fact that the controls are just broken. Yeah. yeah. The button presses do not happen always consistently at the right time. The right. game is constantly programmatically uh, messing, like like just filling its diaper with regard to controller <laughs> inputs and that's not cool however is the game good you're god darn right it's good uh oh, yeah. it's, it's a it's a god darn masterpiece talk to him uh, i i take extreme issue with the fact that there is a lyric that is just because the rhythm is slow that don't mean you can't flow where else are you gonna flow that funky funky flow yeah like why would the slowness of the rhythm uh preclude a flow first of all like, that never stopped nobody. I know. Mm -hmm. All of my favorite flowers, right? Mm -hmm. They don't get they don't get thwarted by a god darn slow rhythm. You know, even with gaping problems like that, uh, game's a god darn masterpiece. Love that game. As uh, someone who was eight years old when it came out, it was like yeah. the most colorful, coolest shit I'd ever seen in interactive form as someone who grew up on hip-hop. So yeah, I agree. I think even if three of the four things are pretty great and one of them is is lacking i still think there's enough there to like stick on you and, and stay with you it, it and it, and it did my first trip to tokyo i bought a copy of it because i just needed it i just needed it as like a little keepsake so yeah parappa the rapper is great and they should actually they should just figure it out bring it back come on well they've tried it didn't succeed and they did do like that kickstarter but that kickstarter was it was destined for failure they i think do. if you're gonna <sighs> bring parappa back you need to bring back the the full package, which is um, Jammer Lammy. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it, it's not just the genre or the style of game. The package of Parappa the Rapper, more than a rhythm game, uh, uh Parappa the Rapper was Parappa the Rapper was more than a rhythm game. It was a, a rhythm game with a cinematic story and an extremely short length. Yeah, had a little adventure. You can appreciate like you're putting on an album and listening to it. Totally, it's Sinara Wild Hearts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's very few games like that now. If you want to bring back the full package of Parappa the Rapper now, the idea is you would have to have a just make it would have to be a novel concept, and you would have to lean on what were the strengths of the game: uh, good music, uh, rhythm stuff, uh, incredible art cannot be understated. That is yeah. fine art in that game. Truly, that is not just you know video game art. It's like legit fine art, like legit MoMA grade stuff. The 2D 3d aspect of it was was a big deal to me because the characters are all are all 2d but moving in 3d space like they're paper paper characters who yeah who will like a weird color forms look yeah i like i like that a lot. paper mario done ripped that off yeah nintendo <laughs> you jerk weeds another extremely important thing is that it was uh taken hyper seriously as a business venture by its publisher like sony put big money behind making it developing it from like researching developing promoting it full corporate publisher backing 
on that game. It wasn't just some weird little, you know, game budgets these days are a little uh, hard to scale for, uh, you know, inflation uh, versus the games of old. But it was up there with it was it was a triple A video game. Yeah. They, like like they made a, a 44 minute long triple A video game, man. So in other words, if you make a new Parappa, it can't just be. We brought Parappa back. It's got to be today's AAA. What does that mean as regards Parappa the Rapper? I don't know. Have I thought about this too much very recently? Yes. I'm just going to say that if three out of four things are good about it, and we're rounding down these days, then that's a classic seven out of ten. Insert credit game if I ever heard one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, round it down. It's a, it's one of those rare uh, uh, seven out of ten. Uh, that's a ten out of ten. That's that's actually right. an 11. It's a, it's a rare seven eleven. It's a 7 mm. out of 10, but that makes it an 11. Got a lot of heart. So, yeah, that's we're establishing a new review scale where there's a 7-11 as a special score. I like that. It's a 7 in some ways and an 11 in others. Mm. That makes sense. The rare mystique. The rare mystique of an inimitable masterpiece. Uh, welcome back to my show. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our next question. What are your video game spending habits like? Oh, man. Oh, God. Well. I, I don't want to say. As everybody in my email inbox uh, informs me, I done got rich. I'm rich. Uh, so I, I Steam sale. Yes, please. Um, I was actually a little disappointed by the Steam summer sale this year because I done bought everything. Now I done bought everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I wait for sales, but I mean, I play a ghastly amount of video games for usually uh, a ridiculous amount of time each. And I can't help it because it's, it's you know, you know it's, 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 it's a job like any other but it also involves my hobby which is convenient uh but yeah my video game spending habits are straight up goblinized and i've mentioned this on the on this show several times before but i have pretty much lost touch completely with the video game buying uh public as regards to the people who who complain about the price of a game because i've been getting free games for 20 years now yeah, right same. 20 god darn years of free video games and it's like a video game used to be my my cherished treasure you know, I used to just be like, oh, you know, pre-ordered it. I almost have $50. What video game am I going to buy? Two more dollars and I can buy a video game in a month. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm going to scrounge together my quarters. I, I bought video games with quarters before. Oh, same. $5 down at the GameStop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Been there. Yeah, dude. I remember putting $60 down or $50 down for Panzer Dragoon Saga at Electronics Boutique. Ooh. They got one copy and then they sold it. <gasps> To somebody else. I've told Brandon this story uh, yeah, several times. It's a sad tale. That's my nightmare. That's why I learned Japanese and moved to Japan. <laughs> That's the one time someone at GameStop said last copy, bro, and actually meant it. Uh, they were they were loose about it back then. It was I imagine it went like this. Uh, so the guys who worked at Electronics Boutique were not exactly one hundred percent gamers so much as they were dudes with jobs at that point, right? There were yeah. not people clamoring, uh, door-busting like at a Walmart Black Friday to get jobs uh, hawking video games in those days. It was a job like no other. So I was a weird uh, teenage kid walking in in a Target store uniform direct from work one Friday afternoon saying I would like to pre-purchase uh, a video game Panzer Dragoon Saga for the Sega Saturn. Can you uh, order it for me? Because we couldn't get it at my Target store. And the guy writes it down, and uh, that was it. That was all I ever heard of it. And then I went back, and I assume the guy's like, oh, this weird game came in. Oh, I think there's a pre-order for it. Well, I've never heard of this game. 
So this there's this guy here now asking for it. Let's just give it to him. Or maybe it was there's a pre-order for this game, and a guy comes in and goes, you got Panzer Dragon Saga? You're right here, dude. Maybe they gave it to him for free, <sighs> you know? Maybe they just assumed he was the guy who pre-ordered it. I'm not exactly sour about it now, what because I can fluently read all the kanji, uh, and I own the Japanese version, which I bought for like four bucks. Nice. Yeah. You can get the Japanese version. It grows on trees over there, you know, around the same time as the cherry blossoms. You go to the park, and there's just Panzer Dragoon Saga <laughs> growing on trees. Uh, <laughs> I got revenge. What, what, what was the question? Uh, what are your video game buying habits? I can answer this. Oh, yeah. For me, it's uh, if you make a new Genesis game, I'll try it out. I'll buy oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that seems right. Even if I uh, get into an argument with you about it uh, beforehand, which I did for the, the Genesis game that's on Kickstarter right now. Dude was trying to say that you can't make longer attack animations on the Genesis uh, that, that go further out from your body. Um, because the hardware can't do it in a two-player game, and uh, it's just not correct. And it was very upsetting to me, but I, I'm I'm gonna get it anyway because you know I want to support more Genesis games coming out. This guy's actually out there making a Genesis game, though, right? I mean, so how do you know? How do you That's know? That's what he said. He's not right. That's what he said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do that, and then uh, if something comes out on the PS5 that I like, I will buy it when it's on sale. That's a it's a sad mm. reality. But I, I I I save my premium bucks for when somebody is somebody's making a new Genesis or Turbo Graphics game, and I want to support a small cottage industry. And then when it comes to the big guns, I do I do sadly wait for sales. I hate I hate to say it, but I'm trying I'm trying these days as much as possible to when a game comes out in a genre that I appreciate, like when a new Yakuza game comes out. I try to buy it at $60. Oh, yeah. Put that money down. Because yeah. it's like, I want them to know I will spend $60 on this and so will other people. And and I'm I'm extending that to like to other things. Or if there's a game that I like, such as uh, Insert Credit 2021 Game of the Year, Forged in Shadow Torch. I got that one. I got that one for free, but uh, I'm going to buy a physical copy of it just to be, just to give the money so that it's like, a, make another one of these or make something else like it, you know? So, I mean, to, yeah. to clarify on what I said earlier, I buy every, like, AAA game uh, that comes out, uh, like, that's big. I'll buy it right away. However, the publishers usually send me a code. Uh, usually, like, like before I, I can even think of, do I want this game? I get, like, a code for it. But I, I will straight up buy anything that, that comes out that I, want, I can capture some footage of and play for a couple of minutes. Or a couple. I usually give them. I give games two hours. But also, I have recently purchased a lot of retro games mm. just to have nice box art on my shelf and games that I enjoy having physical copies of that are all located on my Mister. And uh, none of them. I haven't bought anything that has actually been expensive. They're all like I bought a bunch of games that are cheap, that are uh, of a connoisseur's sort of variety of taste. Oh, another another little point here is. You know, I'll buy some somebody's indie game on itch or whatever. I'll give them like a little five dollar tip or something like that because you can do that on there. So like, if there's somebody and you know, I know that they've had at the at the most hundreds of downloads of their video game, I'll just tip them a little extra money because I think that's yeah, give them some appreciation. I don't have any like hard budget, but I definitely in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, all right, moderation because like like Tim said, I I occasionally. Well, whenever I'm trying to cover a game that I'm interested in for any kind of coverage, whether it's like talking about it on podcasts or maybe even writing about it, I can usually 
probably get a code. And if I can't, then I, I can, I'm fortunate enough where I can like expense it for work. But um, I still go out of my way to like buy stuff and especially like on itch.io if I'm, if I'm looking for stuff for like my play date or something, I'm definitely going to like tip and, and buy it full price. I do the same thing with like music too. I'll, I'll browse Bandcamp and, you know, if I hear a thing I really like, I know how much, you know, even like 10 bucks can mean to somebody who's like doing this, uh, you know, at night, to every night <laughs> between jobs or whatever, trying to get the hustle going. So I, I definitely try my best to like always pay it forward. And and yeah, and, and if I'm on PlayStation or Xbox and I see like a tile that's like, oh, game's on sale, I'll probably tap over and be like, huh, I have been meaning to play those Mafia remasters, so maybe I'll buy them both. Oh for... man, I just got those on, on the Steam sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like 20 bucks for all of them. Oh, I'm like, nice. dude. Three is so good. Yeah, three is good. I'm I'm excited to... I already bought three uh, for a non-PC, so I'm excited to play it on my PC. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play all of them uh, very soon, actually. Well, yeah. if you're gonna tip on those games, as we established, the right thing to do is tip 100% every time. That's, that's mm. what I do. I'm a 100% tipper. I would like to address a question I've been thinking about, but I've been too afraid to ask since I was five years old. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Where do babies come from? <laughs> Why do you think within the game's fiction that bad guys like Bowser and Eggman and Dr. Wily design their castles and bases to be platforming challenges? Oh, yeah. Good question. Yeah, Dracula can turn into a bat, so you look Oh, at- yeah, for Dracula, it makes sense. That's just like a manifestation of chaos. Yeah, so it makes sense there, but these other guys, how do they get around those places? It's a good question. Mm. Yeah, I think it's 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 like the Riddler. Like, the the Riddler- doesn't really want to, to kind of wants to defeat Batman, but mostly wants to engage with Batman in a battle of wits and and win in that way. And so these people are like, this time he's not going to be able to get my, through my fiendishly clever series of platforms. They have some sort of a masochistic desire to defeat Mario on his terms and Sonic on his terms. This man's strength is jumping. Yes, jumping is his strength. I will defeat him. By making him jump until uh, he cannot jump anymore. He can jump no longer. I think it's the most efficient way to like turn on do not disturb mode where it's like I do that myself or I'll just like put my phone face down and it auto- automatically goes do not disturb. So like if you if you really want to get through to me, like you either you got to really jump through some hoops. Otherwise, please leave me alone. I'm going to just smooth my brain out and watch some Love Island. Can I just live for a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. So you want to make sure nobody can get anywhere near your your, your living room. That yeah. makes perfect sense. It's not unfriendly of you. No, it's like if you want, you, you're welcome, but, you know, you want You want to make sure a, a real emergency is a real emergency. Because right. God darn it, man, if, if Dr. Wily and Bowser wanted to kill, if Bowser wanted to kill Mario, he could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that hard. He's a dragon. Yeah, he's not being unfriendly. He's just being like, all right, if this guy really wants to hang out, he's gonna have to get over here. Yeah, yeah. I'll just set a couple of these up. He for wouldn't him. stand on retractable bridges over lava. Yeah, he would be in a. He would just wall himself in with bricks. I guess Mario could break the bricks. A lot of immersion breaking going on in uh, these old video games, where <laughs> you're just constantly wondering why did he build it like this. Yeah, I'm trying to ask you to rebuild the immersion for him. If, if he's trying to force uh, Pri- Princess Peach to marry him, uh, why is he waiting until Mario shows up? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> just, That's just true. Just like go and do it. Also, Super Mario Odyssey is the only Mario where 
uh, Bowser explicitly wants to marry Princess Peach. Uh, Super Paper Mario, Tim. Super Paper Mario as well, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one has all the famous memes. Yeah, it's like, is that what he's doing in Mario 1? I, I'm shocked that I don't know this. I think in Mario 1, she's a, po- like, by the lore of the game, she's a political, a political prisoner. prisoner. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah, my God. That's like dark. in Sonic Forces. Mm-hmm. When Sonic's being waterboarded. <laughs> that classic chestnut. <laughs> Welcome to Gitmo Zone, Sonic Lord. My God. Oh, no. Oh, Guantanamo Night Zone. That's the name of <laughs> oh, That's terrible. We, we have drunk deeply and heavily from this well before. We don't need to go back. No, we don't need to get back into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in many cases, trying to build the uh, immersion ruins it. And so uh, in given that, I think the funniest answer is the best. And so uh, I, I don't know which one that is, but... I think the the idea of a fraught relationship between them is 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 good. We're not we're not ima- we're not seeing the spaces in 3D as well. We're seeing them in 2D. So maybe it's really majestic architecture as you're walking into it in 3D, and it just it kind of evokes a feeling of a of a cathedral or a church. And Doctor Wiley's got his own little. Uh, I mean, Bowser has one. I assume Doctor Wiley does as well. He's got some sort of clown car thing that he flies around in the air, right? Sure, he's got a UFO. So he's just coming in real nice and slow, just kind of kind of surfing in and just enjoying the look of all the platforms and gauntlets and salu- military saluting his guards as he comes in. So maybe he does it like that because it's cool to look down at a bunch of lava pits. And we're just seeing a two-dimensional cross-section. As your evil vehicle just slowly hovers. Just Willy Wonka vibes. Yeah. Absolutely. The absolute wonkification. I like the idea of these villains being arrogant enough to try to challenge the enemies that constantly defeat them on their own terms. It's a little bit... Uh, it's honorable. It's a little bit of the American Democratic Party. <laughs> sure. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. With as much success. Well, with that, it's time to go into our lightning round. We're playing one of my Is favorite Mario games. Is Mario a Republican? <laughs> probably is he one of those guys in brooklyn with the with the big old republican campaign banner in his backyard the longest forum thread in history is mario <laughs> republican <laughs> yeah what part of brooklyn is he from that's what i wanted man i was at a party at some at a buddy's house in sunset park and uh his neighbor had a huge yeah. like uh, Mario uh flag. Republican hate <laughs> banner just in his yard and was blasting Bruce Springsteen, which yeah. is very funny because uh, yeah. did they did, did they cancel Bruce Springsteen the Republicans I, because he said I mean, something uh, too nice? I don't think they understand. It's it's yeah. it's remarkable uh, the the number of times you'll get a Republican person being never listening to Rage Against the Machine again. Exactly, exactly. Rage Against the Machine. How could this? Uh, bruce springsteen song be be left wing how could uh, it's just like <laughs> yeah i love it dude never listened to these lyrics before. he was blast and born in the usa though like no joke and, and anyway that guy was he was a, a pretty brooklyn dude uh the, i mean we i got a glimpse of him you mean uh brooklyn in the italian sense no no i mean i'm, I'm just saying and there's just the brooklyn brooklyn like uh, he was he looked like he was an only a guy to, who would say only in new york you know like me every day when i wake up the first thing in the morning yeah i actually say that as well he looked like he was walking here yeah he looked like an i'm walking here individual that's technically a, that's a manhattan mannerism actually we say that up here okay. uh i don't know if you <laughs> i don't know if you all say that in brooklyn uh <laughs> listeners uh 
<laughs> we say I'm walking here all the time. Yeah, here in Manhattan, I am walking here. My dog said it to that electric bike that almost blasted him to smithereens the other day. Time for a lightning round. We're playing Game FAQ and A's this week, one of my favorite new games. This is where I go over to a message board uh, dedicated to a specific video game on GameFAQs.com. Every one of these games has a Q&A section where any user can submit a short question and depends on the members of the Game FAQs community to answer them. I have picked a game and 10 questions from that board for us to address. The goal here is to keep it pithy and not necessarily accurate. Uh, the game this week is Grand Theft Auto Online. Question number one, how do I become a hitman? Oh man. Buy a gun first, start there. Yeah, right? good place to start. Buy a gun and lower your morals. Lower your, your moral standards. A acquaint yourself with one individual, maybe even a friend who is looking to have somebody killed, and uh, just gently float out the idea of you doing it so you get some practice. And then uh, if it goes well, start looking into uh, making a career out of it. Exposure goes a long way. And maybe make business cards. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very helpful. Question two. How do I make one of my personal vehicles into a race car? Oh, Ooh. you just uh, paint some anime girls on it. Anime girls, um, you need a monster logo. You need a racing yeah. stripe uh, spoiler on the back. Maybe a, a scoop yeah, in the head. Big one. Some slicks. That'll, all those things. And you get some real, real soft slickies. Get mm -hmm. some uh, lighting on, for the undercarriage of your car. Yeah, ask That's the good. Shanghai. That'll do it. Ask, ask the Shanghai uh, Municipal uh, Lighting Department. <laughs> How do you get out of the bad sport lobby when your time say completed? <laughs> all right. <laughs> the yeah. bad sport lobby oh that's like if you did something then then people Naughty. Uh, uh, like they they tag you as being a bad player oh i thought they were talking about golf because that's a bad sport. <laughs> i think no no i think what happens is you have to call your mom and uh, she has to come get you oh yeah, yeah. oh right? that's good yeah. that's it. Is that it that's exactly your, it. Gra your grand theft mom what is the most profitable biker business uh, it's a courier crisis on the Sega Saturn. Uh, we're we're going to have oh, a sequel yeah. to that pretty soon in the streets of Shanghai. Same in New York. Oh, yeah, that's the New York one. I forget. <laughs> there's, a new, there's New York or Shanghai. It's like Pokemon Red and Blue. And yeah. nothing to do with Premium Rush. I don't want to hear it. Fair. Question number five. How do I fix y'all? <laughs> y'all? Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess therapy. Well, first of all, it's spelled yeah. Y apostrophe A-L-L. It's not Y-A-L-L. -L. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's an apostrophe here. Yeah, well, no, I'm just saying, that's how you fix y'all. That's how you if fix you it, see, yeah. if, if you have a friend or a co-worker or a loved one who is typing in the group chat on Twitter, in texts, on Discord, in Slack, uh, y'all with the apostrophe after the A, you gotta stop them. Oh, that's bad. It's not ya will, it's you all. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how you fix y'all. Hit the family slack with a at everyone. Absolutely fair. <laughs> how do I get passengers to board my plane? Land it first. <laughs> <laughs> and then what you do is you tell you tell everybody that uh, that there's a group one and a group two and a group three and a group yeah. four and a group five. Mm -hmm. You tell everybody that and then you tell them all that they are group eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That, yes. That's how you get them. 
There we go, a new airline joke. You tell them you want you want a lower group number. Give me fourteen dollars now, <laughs> or twenty dollars twenty minutes from now, right? And you get a bag of peanuts, mm-hmm. <laughs> or give me a hundred dollars next week, <laughs> and I I can get you in the I can get you in that death cylinder a minute earlier. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I love airplane jokes. It's a good one. Why is my character's mask appearing on their torso? How do I get it back on my head? Do you make him say, somebody stop me, right? <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but you're, you're, you're going to have to go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only way. Fiber supplements for sure. Can you invite anyone to your penthouse? I can, yeah. I mean, that's why would, why would you own a penthouse if you didn't want to invite people there? Actually, no, hold on, scratch that. I can think of a million reasons to own a penthouse and not want to invite people there. To be fair, I don't know if this question is, can you invite anyone to your penthouse or can you, can invite, you invite anyone, anyone to your penthouse? Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, the mystery of the English language. Uh, and it's, uh, it's articles and particles once again strikes. Uh, however, my answer is no different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure you can. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our final question, where's the mystery car? Uh, it's, it's either behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Whoa. Got a couple there. Double thank you. Yeah, I pressed it twice. Sorry. Thank you. I, uh, my, my, I've, been, I've been playing video games this whole time, and my, my wrists are messed up. I gotta, My wrists are messed up, and my hands are shaking. You ever get that? Your wrists are so messed up, your hands are shaking. Mm-hmm. Somebody please say yes. Yes. That make me feel less. <laughs> Actually, uh, after a lot of sim racing, yes, my wrists will hurt. They, they get kind of hurty. And, uh, yeah, I got I get jittery wrists, so I, I press the button twice. I've been playing this video game over here, and it's uh, I'm playing an RPG that requires me to talk to uh, every single person in this town in, like, the right order. Ugh. And it's, it's really annoying. I'm tallying up the points here, and Tim... You've gotten another win. You're up to three Whoa. out of your needed ten. Oh, I'll bank it. I'll bank it. Host an episode. Let's just already say I'm banking it. This is the point of the show where I ask you for your recommendations. If you have any ideas or suggestions for our audience to engage with any sort of activity or material between this episode and the next. I finally got around to watching RRR on Netflix. Oh, mm. triple RR3. Yeah, I still have like 40 minutes to go because in order for me to watch a three-hour movie nowadays i have to watch it in like three or four sittings but wow it, i've never wanted a yakuza movie more in my life there is a yakuza movie and it's not very good oh well like in that style and it was directed by takashi Miike. <laughs> i i haven't seen r3 uh paul tamayo have you watched uh bahubali no i've actually i'm not really too familiar with bollywood but now i am absolutely going to dive in head first the way i, I you gotta watch lagan yeah please please send me all the recommendations type them in the chat please bahubali is uh, that director's uh, the, the movie he did before uh rrr so oh uh, sick yeah yeah it is uh it is a massive uh two-part uh fantasy epic uh it's it's phenomenally good can't wait so he d- he did fantasy and now he did uh, yes more modern warfare not ancient warfare <laughs> there's good stuff all around if you want to be inspired stylistically by a thing Ugh. i'm always recommending bahubali uh i guess i've already voiced my issues with it so i won't do it again. you have it's yes. good to voice the issues but also as i said if you would like to be uh inspired stylistically with the sheer virtuosity of a thing you cannot uh 
Bahubali will not steer you wrong. I definitely enjoyed watching it. I just, uh, I, I can't be uh, uncaveated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that R3. I got to find a way. I got to find a way to watch it now that I don't have Netflix anymore. <laughs> I uh, I actually bought it on iTunes because they don't have the 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 Telugu version on Netflix. Yeah, that's what I want. And uh, yeah, so for some reason they only have the Hindi and uh, Tamil versions. Yeah, it is it is kind of bizarre. Like the the dub, it, it kind of takes me out sometimes. But you you yeah. kind of just you know get used to it, I guess. I also just think Telugu is a, a, a cooler language. It's uh, a fun yeah. language to listen to. Yeah, I, I like it. And also, yeah, I can't. I, it's, I grew up watching tons of Chinese movies. Yeah, same. When an actor is speaking one dialect and dubbed in another, it's always weird. That Shaw Brothers. Even in Chinese where it's like, I mean, fundamentally minimal differences between dialects, it still is jarring as heck to see like a clearly different actor's voice coming out of a person yeah for sure it's like a different a different type of chinese uh uh, words coming out it's just it's always jarring yeah i do not want to particularly hear mandarin in a hong kong film it's just not a oh yeah it gets me weird yeah we watched some hong kong films over here and uh my my girlfriend who uh grew up speaking mandarin uh always wants to watch like the mandarin dubs of them so it's like I can understand that perspective. Sure. <laughs> but it's also like I don't know, I like Cantonese so much. It's a very expressive language. I don't yeah. know. I really I really like Cantonese. I'm a big fan of Cantonese myself as well. Yeah, so it's uh I, there you go. There's a recommendation if you're out there and you're looking to learn a language. I I've been saying this to people now for going on 20 years. Learn Chinese. It's going to be important someday. I should update that exact wording of that recommendation because uh, 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 yeah, I believe it's it's, it's quite now. important now. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody's out there uh, studying uh, uh, stuff. Uh, if, if you, you want to pick a language, pick Chinese. And also, go ahead and learn Mandarin and Cantonese at the same time. Just go for it. You told me that one time. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Try to learn them both at the same time. They are quite... Uh, they have quite a vastly different mouthfeel, but... You can do it, and it's easier than you'd think. Uh, language learning is one of my favorite things in the world. I, I, I can't recommend that enough. I've recommended a billion million times. So, Brandon, do you have any uncaveated recommendations? Oh, I mean, I've always got a couple caveats. But uh, what was it? sometime last week, uh, somebody slammed into a Mustang down the street and then um, wrecked their car and decided that it was going to be a good idea to just, like, tear down the road with a busted wheel just creating a big line in the in the pavement and dude uh, and they they uh, mm. scared the heck out of their dog that was in the car who then leapt out of the car and then the guy backed up the street with uh in a shower of spar- sparks without his dog and uh you know founded the dog a place to to be and hung out with the dog and stuff uh, i did and so my my advice is uh do not leave your dog in East Oakland, because I will take care of it at the end. <laughs> and that's a promise. Interesting recommendation. I, I saw a guy riding with a blown out tire uh, driving uh, down 110th Street the other day. He had uh, one flat tire in the front. The rear tire was completely gone. Yeah. He, he was driving around 70 miles an hour, and I saw him go through two red lights. Oh, wow. That's like three stars. I think he should- my my girlfriend was like, what do you think's wrong with that guy? And I go, I think he might have just committed a crime. And she's like, well, how do you know? And I was like, I don't know. 
I, I recommend the musical artist Girl, G-R-R-L. Oh, yeah. Yeah, electronic music artist. Wonderful, wonderful music artist. Yeah, for uh, for fans of like Drexia or Gatekeeper and the like, will equally plant, uh, please fans of both. Pretty good stuff. It's hard to recommend exactly where to start because there's a lot of music there, but uh, the new album, Odyssey, is good, so give that a look. You can get it on Bandcamp. It's not an obscure thing this time. You can just go ahead and get it. Uh, and then I'll also recommend, and this is an amusing one, if you watched and enjoyed my earlier recommendation, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. A good yeah. film. And liked the, the character dynamic between Barb and Star themselves. Uh, you might enjoy the current season season of The Bachelorette <laughs> oh. because it is they have two bachelorettes and they're constantly being like, I really like how you handled that. No, you. And, they, and they're so um, earnest with each other, but also quick to emotion and just having a really confusing time navigating a difficult space. Uh, and uh, as soon as as it was mentioned to me by the other person that lives in this house, that they are reminiscent of Barb and Star. My enjoyment of the series just really skyrocketed because it, it totally held true. So uh, give that a look if you like if you like goofy reality weirdo television. When a thing reminds me of another thing. I like when a thing reminds me of another thing that I like. Yeah. That's uh that's the old human uh the old human puzzle. It was uh mm -hmm. why do we like stuff that reminds us of stuff? Uh, find out soon, uh, <laughs> and we'll continue our investigation. You know, we'll, we're, we're consulting uh, some big brains in the field of psychology about this, and we're going to... Arch 247 to come. <laughs> and we're we're going to come back to that question. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show in some format where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do that for us. It would be really nice. Appreciate it. Uh, you could also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, as I mentioned earlier, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get other exclusive content. You can also join our active community at forums.insertcredit.com or follow us on Twitter at insert credit or search for insert credit on YouTube or why not do all three? Go crazy. This show is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alexander the Great. Oh, are you? Well, you're not Alexander. I'm Alexander the Great. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm Paul Tamayo. And you may now save your game. Thanks. Did, did Paul give uh, recommendations? Uh, yeah. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He did RRR. Quick bonus one. Love Island USA. Just just watches. <laughs> Wait, is Love Island a, uh, is that a Brit thing? It is. Is it like an oi oi mate Brit thing or a, a gov Brit thing? Definitely more on the, on the oi oi mate <laughs> side of oi, things. Oi, mate. <laughs>